Hi, everybody. We're here today to talk about commitment to comfort measures that are being integrated into the provincial policies within Alberta Health Services. Um, and this is a part of expansion of education for immunizers on how we can improve comfort for the upcoming COVID vaccination. So my name is Dr. Katie Burney. I'm a clinical psychologist and an assistant professor at the University of Calgary. And I'm also assistant scientific director of an organization called Solutions for Kids in Pain or SKIP, which is really working to make sure that we bridge that gap between evidence-based solutions for managing pain um, with what happens in everyday practice out in the world. And I'm thrilled to be here today with Megan McDonald, who is a registered nurse and operations manager for public health at Westview, Spruce Grove and Evansburg, which is part of the Edmonton zone in Alberta Health Services. Um, and Megan's currently also the operations manager for the Spruce Grove COVID-19 vaccination site. So why are we here to talk about this? We're here to talk about this because on a hugely large scale, more people are getting vaccinated in a relatively quick period of time. Um, and it's really important that we're also integrating some strategies that we have great evidence for uh, that help to mitigate factors of pain from the immunization itself. And this is something that we know from science that exists out there that immunizers don't always know about the great evidence that we do have, or they don't necessarily feel confident about how they can use those in their day-to-day -day practice. And the evidence for this is really phenomenal, the strategies we're going to talk about today, so much so that there's a clinical practice guideline um, that's been around, you know, for, for six years already, really synthesizing the, the great strategies we know can be helpful um, in the context of vaccines. So Megan, I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, how do you how do you approach this? You know, as uh, when you speak to immunizers or when we're we're talking about uh, managing pain in the context of vaccines. Yeah, so I think my team has really um, identified that it's about an attitude and it's about an approach. And so um, I think you know one of the things we really want to do is empower our clients. And so when they sit down at our vaccination station, it's really um, asking the client, you know, do you have any concerns with receiving the vaccine today? And, or do you have any concerns with receiving a needle? And we really let them drive the conversation. So if they identify that, yes, I have some concerns, then, then the next natural question is to say, you know, what strategies have you used in the past? And really encouraging them to use things that have worked well for them in the context of the clinic. And um, once they've done that, then, you know, they can go ahead and get those strategies set up. So if it's their phone or, um, you know, a book or just looking away, then we're really encouraging them to do that. And we, we go ahead and get the rest of our, our pieces done so that we can successfully vaccinate. And if clients, um, you know, are really struggling to identify those strategies, then we can offer some really simple suggestions. And I think in line with commitment to comfort, it can be as simple as, you know, just look away from the arm or, or focus on a poster in the room or, you know, offering, you know, do, do you want to load something on your phone? Do you want to listen to some music, pop your headphones in, you know, wiggle your toes in your shoes? Like it doesn't have to be complicated, but it's really giving them some options and then letting them select something that's going to make sense for them. Um, and the language that we use is incredibly impactful. So, you know, it's, it's validating that it's okay to be nervous and, you know, here's what we're going to do. And um, once they've done that, then that really successful reinforcement of you did amazing. You should be so proud of yourself. You received the vaccine. That's such an exciting moment. Um, and so really, I think that praise and that positive language is going to leave them feeling good about what they've accomplished. And um, now they have some strategies for the next time that they're in. 
and leaving us feeling, you know, that they were successful today and that relationship is, is important in having people complete their um, series, getting their coming in for their second dose. So really it's a big part of this is our attitude and our approach and, and empowering our clients to self-identify and then um, successfully use the strategies that they think will work for them. Fantastic. And some of the things I heard you say in there, Megan, like helping your clients to make a plan, like at the beginning, um, when, you know, what strategies have they used? What would they like to use today? Helping them figure out what are they going to distract themselves with? If that's going to be helpful, what might they turn their attention to? And you had some really nice concrete examples in that. And the language that we use as immunizers and health professionals makes such a big difference during, but also setting that stage, as you said, for that second vaccine that we really need people to come back for uh, in this context. What are some of the other strategies uh, that people might like to use um, that have some good evidence behind them, but maybe they aren't, you know, are, are not something you as an immunizer might be doing? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, deep breathing is one that's really, really simple and that we can encourage people to do. Um, I mean, we see technology all the time. Um, you know, there's very few people that I know that don't have a cell phone on their on themselves. Uh, so utilizing that cell phone, whether that's to watch a YouTube video or play a game or listen to some music, we've seen be really successful. Um, so I think really encouraging them to use some of those things. You know, our goal is that our clients will have had an opportunity to think about this and already have some strategies that they've been successful with in the past. And really, we're just at that point empowering them to use them. But if they need some ideas on, on what they can use, I think, you know, technology is great. Breathing is excellent. We talked about shifting that attention. So as simple as, you know, just look away for I'm going to we're going to do the immunization in your right arm. Uh, so they're going to look over their left shoulder. It's, it's really simple um, pieces. There's, you know, we've talked about, you know, looking at posters on the wall or out a window or just, you know, focusing their gaze on something away from the actual needle itself. Um, there's also been some suggestions about things like rapid fire questions. So, you know, can you name me five cities or you know, for sports teams. And just, again, it gets them thinking about something other than the actual immunization itself. I think there's some evidence around, you know, muscle contraction and relaxation. And so it's really offering those suggestions. And we don't expect our immunizers to be well-versed in all of these different techniques, but it's offering the clients just some options. And, and most clients we find, you know, if we say look away or you know, do you want to use your phone? We don't really have to go much farther than that or take a couple deep breaths. That generally is quite successful, but it's it's really about empowering them to make a choice that makes good sense for, for their coping strategies. Sounds good. I know topical anesthetics are, uh, you know, something that can be helpful, have good evidence uh, for reducing pain from vaccines. What might you say to immunizers about the use of topical anesthetics? Yeah, so we don't, topical anesthetics need to be in place uh, prior to the immunization appointment. And so, um, you know, what I would expect from our immunizers is that if a client arrives with topical anesthetic, really just reinforcing that they've made a, a really a great choice for themselves and, um, you know, praising them for, for having come up with that plan ahead of time. Um, and if a client is asking about topical anesthetic for, you know, potentially their second appointment because they're, they're wanting something a little bit more to support that um, pain reduction, then it's just letting them know that it is available over the counter um, and that they would have to have a conversation with their pharmacist. And that's kind of, you know, as far as I would expect that our immunizers would go with that conversation. It's really, it's, it's again, empowering the client to have those conversations with the appropriate healthcare provider. Sounds like great advice. 
Megan, there are some people we know, you know, an estimated even up to 20, 30% of adults that have a certain amount of fear of needles, maybe not that extreme kind of needle phobia, which certainly does also exist for a small portion of the population, but more in that kind of um, more mild to moderate fear of needles. Some people even have a history of, of fainting. Um, what might you suggest to immunizers in this context? I know often we, people are sitting up, you know, but are there other strategies or other ways you might approach people who identify uh, as, as being a bit fearful or having a history of fainting? Yeah, so I think, again, it's, it's validating, it's making a plan with them and, um, you know, making sure they're, they're positioned comfortably and, and that they have um, what they need. I think for those clients who, you know, have a, a substantial history of fainting, when they self-identify to us, I think that's a really critical conversation, getting a little bit more details around what does that look like and, you know, has there been anything that's worked for you in the past to prevent fainting. And then at that point, I mean, every clinic is slightly different in terms of their resources, but I think, you know, the immunizers, when you've, you've kind of taxed all of the skills that you have, or it's kind of beyond what your comfort level is, there's always help around. And that's the beauty of, of our clinics is that you can ask for help from a designate nurse or from an educator, or from a lead and, you know, develop a plan for that client. And it might look like moving into a private space and, and having them lay down. But again, that's going to be a conversation with you know, that team and determining what would be appropriate for that clinical setting. But again, I think it's, you know, acknowledging with the client, thanks for letting us know. And, and here's how we're going to support you. Yeah, no, super helpful. And, you know, I can speak as a psychologist who supported people with severe needle fears before too. There are great strategies that can help those people. So if for some reason it's, you know, so severe, um, you know, that, that really warrants that person to need additional support. Um, certainly there are resources out there even thinking about, you know, um, getting them connected with a mental health care provider to help them build up the strategies to be able to get vaccinated in the future. So lots of good help, you know, both immediately, it sounds like for the immunizers, but also, um, you know, in a larger kind of scale capacity of clients do need. Great. I think we've talked about a lot of wonderful things in a really short period of time. Anything else you'd want to add, Megan? No, I think, you know, it's really important work and our teams are doing just an incredible job right now um, in a constantly changing environment. So I think it's really just, again, if they get anything out of this, it's an attitude and it's an approach and it doesn't have to be complicated. And, you know, we're seeing a large volume of people in a really short period of time. So these strategies aren't time consuming. They're not... Um, they don't require additional tools. And we definitely know that we're under a bit of a time crunch. So I think if you can incorporate them, the more natural they become. And, you know, front loading that patient support really does pay dividends down the road when that client successfully receives that needle. And then they come back to us to complete their series. And we build that really therapeutic relationship. So I think we invest in our clients and, and we ensure that you know, they have what they need to successfully complete their immunization experience and that they feel good about what they've accomplished. And so I think there's some really concrete strategies that people can use. And it's not about adding on to what you're doing or asking people to do more. It's just about shifting the mentality a little bit in their practice so that we're really empowering our clients, which is, is always the goal. For sure. And, and, and I know this is one, you know, this conversation we're having is really geared towards immunizers, but there's lots of activity and resources being created and shared also for our clients. 
um, you know, for them to be empowered with some of these strategies to prepare ahead of time themselves, even before they walk in the clinic door. So thanks for your time today, Megan. If you're interested in learning more about some of these uh, strategies we've talked about today or supporting more integration of evidence-based pain management into your immunizer practice, um, check out the podcast notes for more resources within Alberta Health Services and Commitment to Comfort great resources on Immunize Canada and Immunize Alberta, um, and also the clinical practice guidelines for managing vaccine-related pain that I mentioned up front. Thanks for your time.